Welcome back to the Blunt Letters podcast. I'm your host for this episode, and I'm joined with another host for this episode, Electric. Hey. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Beep, beep. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, everybody? I am so excited to talk a lot, a lot, a lot of science fiction tonight. A little bit of horror sprinkled in there. A bunch of pop culture. Hell yeah. Lots of movies. Who knows what else? Maybe some science. Maybe some butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just sneak it in there. Hmm. You won't even know it's there. Yeah. Definitely a PKD moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wait, what I just had? No, what we're going to have tonight with all of our listeners. Oh. I was like, I'm watching my life in a room and the world's passing me by like a screen. Images on screen. What? And I'm in a prison of my own making. Is that what Philip K. Dick said? And the Archons are keeping me on the prison planet. No, I don't know. That's not this kind of. I mean, it is this episode. It is that kind of podcast, but not like that. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be babbling about more baloney later. <laughs> but first, we wanted to talk about what? What are we drinking? Or Paper Girls? You take a pick. We got to talk about Paper Girls because that's some breaking news. Boop, 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 boop. How do we not have a breaking news sound? God damn I always it. like when Every you do episode. it so much. It's like cracks me up. Boop 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 boop. That one? Okay. Yeah. Breaking news. This just in. People suck. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I got a text message from Michaela yesterday that just said Paper Girls was canceled. What the fuck? Yeah, it's the lamest. I'm like, every time I like something, every time a show is mostly about girls or women, it's canceled. Dude, I know. I'm so disappointed. It was good. Like, we watched that whole thing, and we were stoked. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't the comic. It was its own thing, and I was like, yes, where is this going? Yes, yeah. they're moving through time. Like, how are they going to resolve some of these questions for the time loop in terms of like one of their adult versions of themselves spoiler dies and it's yeah, like it doesn't matter now yeah oh yeah i guess not fuck just such a bummer like it was a major cliffhanger like we wanted to know what was gonna happen next now we'll never fucking know cool love that yeah it's just the dumbest it's just it goes to show that things like i said like SUV, SFI, SUVs, PSI, like like weird assault, crime scene, murder shits will run for like 20 years. Yeah. But I can't get like two or three seasons out of Paper Girls. Like, come on. Yeah, I fuck? hate that CSI bullshit. It's like there's like 300 seasons. I know. There's like 300 seasons of The Simpsons and nobody's even watching it. It's literally just a couple of people in... Europe watching it and that's it. Nobody watches The Simpsons and it's been on for like a million years. Like Paper Girls was so cool and it had a great cast and like I mean we just reviewed it like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm super pissed too. I'm pissed. I really was loving that. Ep- I loved. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. 
what black scientists women you wanted to see more of that yeah me too too bad yeah black scientists women who figure out how to travel through time fucking like exploring social concepts in terms of like time travel and how conceptions of people change over like time and what sort of social movements are like impactful like it was just super cool Mm mm-hmm and they had, yeah, like, women living different walks of life and, like, dealing with a parent's death and being, like, a community leader and, like, reckoning with your sexuality. It was a lot. It was a lot, and it was cool, and I'm super bummed. Yeah. Also, I just read all six volumes of the comics, and it really goes a long way. Yeah. Like, it definitely has a resolution, and I guess, like, if you want to watch, if you want to read the comics, but it's so different from the TV show, so that's a point. I mean, they're cool, I guess. Yeah, it just sucks, man. I'm bummed, and I would have liked to have seen that. At least uh, we have the black female scientist in The Man Who Fell to Earth now, that you can watch that, and then we'll review that in the future. And then they'll cancel it. No, it's probably just a one-off, like I said, so it's fine. Yeah. I can accept that. But still, I'd like to see more of that. More female scientists as lead characters would be cool. Yeah. I love scientists, especially if they're women. They're interesting. Anyway, moving on to some better things. I got Indago Gin. Finally. Given to me by PP for short. It was great. It's just beautiful surprise. And I made a pretty great drink with it. So tonight, I'm drinking Indago Gin with a apricot liqueur that I bought recently at mm. a liquor store. And I can't even remember the brand. It didn't really matter. I was just kind of like apricot flavor, <laughs> you know? Mr. Dandy Brandy's apricot sh- shandy. Shandy something else. Mr. Randy Dandy's apricot brandy. Angela Angleberry's apricot brandy, apricot liquor, apricot liqueur. Apricot liquor. Angela Appleton's apricot liqueur. Yeah, that's what I'm having (laughs) with with the gin, and then I topped it off with some passion fruit (laughs) seltzer. (laughs) Sorry, I got lost in this, the fantasy world. Um, So Applegate, party pants, brandy pants. So it's apricot, passion fruit, strawberry, and doggo. Strawberry gin. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, apricot, strawberry, passion fruit. So it's the second night of a thousand fruits. <laughs> it's a night of a thousand fruits sequel. <laughs> Two nights of a thousand there. fruits. <laughs> Two nights of a thousand fruits. <laughs> Two nights of 10,000 fruits that are different. Two nights of 2,000 fruits spread over a 1,000 nights fruits a night. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm having. Is that what it's called? That's right. What's it called? It's It's called what? It's called... The Fortnite of a 1,000 fruits. 2,000 nights of a 1,000 fruits. (laughs) (laughs) You better write that down. You're not going to remember it. I'll play it back. You say that. Well, (laughs) we wrote mine down because I always forget... Um, and mine is called We're Not Gonna Talk About Jowdy. Nice. And what is that? Right? Uh, it is Lit Lemonade. I got, again, at my local head shop grocer 
tobacco place smoke shop vape store <laughs> it's all of that it's like a convenience store of intoxicants i guess without liquor and they even have that kratom oh yeah stuff. remember that's right yeah though. so anyway they hide this like lit lemonade underneath the other juices and now i know the hiding spot and like they had this new guy and he didn't even know where it was and i was like you got that lemonade he's like what I'm like you know under the juice and he was like what the fuck like he was totally like what is this girl talking about and then i went over there and grabbed it underneath and i was like see man and he was like oh what how much is it and i was like i actually don't even know and he was like what the fuck how do you know where it is so you don't know how much it costs and i was like because i'm a bougie bitch i was like i don't know i was like they i just buy stuff so i mean i could guess the, then they went back and asked and I was like how much is it anyway and he was like oh it's $30 and I was like okay that's fine because it's like 150 milligrams of THC lemonade so per lemonade it's big, per it's a big ass bag of lemonade is what, what? it is a bag yeah. of lemonade like a yeah. liquid like a well, pouch what else with lemonade yeah like you know like uh um, you know, like how they have milk in Europe and stuff sometimes. It'll just be in like in a pouch. Yes. Like a Capri Sun. It was like a little nozzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or something like a, it's got a nozzle. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Because it's big. It's a lot of liquid. So anyway, it's fucking. I imagine tall cans, like tall skinny cans. No. It's a bag, which makes it even weird. <laughs> I don't know. It is kind of weird. So I put it in a jar. Like in the videos I make I, now, I just put it in a jar and put it on the video that it's lit. But um, so I had, I can't. <laughs> it's lit. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I can't stop myself from drinking it when it's in the house. I got it too early because I didn't want it to run out. So I drank half of it this during the week, writing jokes. And so now I'm, I have 70, so I have 75 milligrams of lit lemonade, um, rang per gin and mango lemonade seltzer. No, mango limeade seltzer upon further inspection, closer inspection. I found it was mango limeade. So it's mango lime, lime gin with lit lemonade. It's good. Is that like a polar seltzer? Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Something like that. You know we love the seltzers. I can never keep track. Until one of them actually sponsors us, I don't have a preference. Yeah, I hear you on that one. I'd try all the flavors. But I would whore myself out for anyone to give me free seltzer because I really spent like an arm and a leg on it. So I really want to get a plain seltzer like you had last week because I wanted to taste the flavor of the apricot and strawberry from the gin and the liqueur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice once in a while just to go regs. I need to go buy some. <laughs> I got none. It's really tempting when there's so many delicious flavors now. And it's all I've ever wanted in life was soda without the sugar. And it's little. here's a little PSA from the Blunt Letters. And now for a Blunt Letters PSA. Um, if you just add simple syrup to your favorite flavored seltzer it's soda so if you're really craving soda you could just add some sugar to (laughs) seltzer it's like it tastes or juice or whatever like it tastes like fucking soda yeah like bing bong i had that (laughs) that elderberry rose flowers syrup or whatever it's just syrup with flavors and i put it in my seltzer and it's like oh now it's a soda and you can make it as sweet or not sweet as you want 
That's basically the liqueur I got. That's why it doesn't really matter what brand it is. It's like it's sugar alcohol. Yeah. Flavor. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what we're drinking. Humans are capable of up to 11 watts of energy an hour when we exercise. 400 when just sitting around like lardos. The average person expends 8.37 times 10 to the 6 power joules of energy per day. Watts. It's just joules per second, meaning the same as a 100 watt light bulb. So you're saying I have as much energy and heat as an Easy Bake Oven in my armpit? I sure am. Do you find little to no time to heat your meals? Yes. What about me? I'm always on the go and I'm sick of fast food. Do you wish you had a portable appliance that would heat soup, small meals, and snacks with little to no effort? Yeah. Well, holy fucking fuck! We've invented the armpit oven, the dual fold heating device fueled by your own body heat. You are the power plant. We have harnessed the energy of the body with the help of the nanotechnology and a holster. How does it work? Do you understand thermoelectrical energy generation? No. Science! Yay, science! Science rules! Just stick the slender yet high-capacity canisters under your armpit, secure in our patented open holster and wait. If you are in a hurry, just move your body as much as you can and the armpit oven's technology will set that snag on high. Anything that raises your internal temperatures will work. Like watching porn? Uh, Sure, whatever works for you. Is it fast? In just 15 minutes, you'll have hot, delicious food right under your arms. That's not that fast. This is free energy cooking. This is science. Isn't that kind of gross? You're kind of gross. Listen to these testimonials and shut up. I love eating homemade chowder right from my pit. It's got that home warmed up smell. I had a candy bar in my car that was too hard for my teeth. In two minutes, while driving, it was ready to eat. My coffee got cold when I was on my way to work, so I put my <laughs> cup in my armpit oven and heated it up by the time I was ready to punch in. It's not that efficient, but it's free. I Everything love- tastes better when it's cooked with clean energy. You don't really need to buy it, because you already have it, but you should buy it. My wife makes the best grab cheese with her armpit oven. I like things lukewarm and damp. The extra saltiness from my personal human salt factory tastes delicious. You are the spice rack in this world. I love a hot, melty sandwich with my soup from my armpit oven. One arm soup, one arm sandwich. I am the power plant. Don't forget hot chocolate for those wintry Christmas days. I keep my marshmallows in my pockets. I didn't know where I'd heat up my yam casserole, but I got a nice toast on my marshmallows with the armpit oven. Order your armpit oven today. Comes in singles or duo. Friend, for a limited time, we'll throw in the panini insert for Chris. Melted paninis in minutes, right from your arm pit.
Welcome back to the Blunt Letters podcast. Today, we're just so excited to talk about stuff. We keep talking about stuff before we are bringing it back into you. So, buckle up, because we're talking... Buckles. Locks and keys. A buckle on your head. <laughs> oh. It's like a so, buckle so, on no, your key. I was like a buckle on your head. I was, I was gonna start a whole song about buckles, dude. I love, bu- I love a buckle. I love a superfluous buckle, especially on a shoe. What's it buckling? I don't care. Nothing. My coolness to my ego. <laughs> I keep it on my shoe. <laughs> I keep it on my shoe. That's where I keep my self-esteem. It's mostly in my shoes. I mean, it really is. Let's be honest. It's mostly in my hair and my shoes, where I keep most of my self-esteem. You do like shoes a lot. It's very obvious. <coughs> Mm-hmm. I like a buckle, um, but we're talking Joe Hill, son of Stephen King. Yeah, he'll never, never live that down. Never be able to talk about him without saying that. Sorry, kid. Sorry, you rich kid, famous guy. <laughs> no, just kidding. Books on paper, books on the screen, books that I borrowed or books that I steal. Books that we read, books that we read. That's all you need. Book reviews of PLP. No, um, yeah, I started watching Lock and Key, right? I read Lock and Key. I did not, but you told me about it, which was a comic book by Joe Hill. And then they made a Netflix TV show, and I started watching it, and it just wrapped up its third season. And I liked the first few seasons like you did, and then by the third season, it got kind of shitty. We didn't really love it. It was like... <laughs> Bodie becomes too much of a fucking jerk and a dummy. It's like, is this kid smart or is he stupid? It's like... I don't know. Right. So there's these three kids. Didn't we talk about the other? We never talked about Lock and Key ever. I don't remember talking about Lock and Key, but just to do a quick recap. Recap. Lock and Key is about a family who moves back to their uh, ancestral home, their parents' house, their father who died got this house, and so they all moved there for a fresh start after he gets murdered. And then the house has all these, like, magical secrets. And basically, this family, the Locks, have made a series of magical keys over generations that allow them to have special powers. But it also brings them closer to demons and other kinds of creatures that are trying to murder them all and bring about, you know, hell on earth, etc. So they use the keys to, you know, stop that from happening. And they have all kinds of personal drama. There's the oldest kid. Then there's a girl in the middle, and then there's Bodie, who's the youngest, their surviving mom, and, like, a series of friends and enemies. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, and they fight, like, yeah, various demons, blah 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 they want the magic keys, nah, 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 nah. And it's good. Like I said, I like the comic a lot, and I liked the show up until this last season where it just kind of dragged, and all the characters got kind of really dumb, really bad at protecting the keys, and, like, annoying. Yeah. So they just make such terrible decisions with the keys constantly. It's hard to believe. Hard to believe they would make so many that it's like, okay, not that it's easy to believe this show to begin with. So it's like now you're really pushing it that they're all just like dumb without giving me some like cabin in the woods excuse. Like there's dumb gas being pumped into this old house. So I wasn't in love with it. But anyway, um, it made me want to. That and his, what he's been producing, like we talked about, like the Lolo Woods on his under his imprint. I was like, you know, I tried Nosferatu as a show and didn't love it. 
um, which I could try again, but just I just wasn't feeling it at the time. And I was like, I want to read something by him. And I knew that the black phone was coming out. And I was like, all right, I'll get that short story and like whatever book it's in and read that on the train, actually, in a few nights. And that was nice. Yeah. Recently, like really mm-hmm. fresh in your mind. And yeah, I liked like totally. half of the stories. And it's very, very, the thing that stood out to me the most is how much he seems to be trying to like carry on the legacy of his father and a lot of his writing or was just so heavily influenced by it. It almost reminds me of like Frank Herbert or something or like Von Bodie or something where it's like you're just copying your dad because he was so cool. You're like, well, someone should. And it's like, yeah, I guess someone should. So it's a lot of the same, like lots of telepathic kids, lots of kids in general being like the hero or their focal point, And then like lots of weird stereotypes that I was kind of like, okay, like your bad guy is kind of always fat and you drop the N word a few times to show someone's racist, which really just isn't necessary anymore <laughs> or something. It's like, come on, man. But like, uh, so there was like parts that I was like, all right. And then a lot of the ones I liked, I was like, all right, this is fun. This is cool. It's a lot like his dad. So I just found that interesting. And I will go back and read more. I got his first novel, but I left it in California to read when I get back. Because I didn't think I could actually read two books on the train, but I was wrong. I totally could have. But I read comic books instead. It's fine. I read like 12 comic books instead of a, a, novel, a novel after I read that bunch of short stories in a few days um he's good he's like in telepathic kids is a similarity that you brought up are there any other similarities in his writing that remind you of stephen king like besides that alcoholic dads like alcoholic abusive dads or like um the stories that are not horror are really corny and about childhood being like real special hmm and precious and it's like because eh. he'll like i feel like stephen king will do that too and it's like eh. so do you think it's like kind of lazy then no i think it's a weird admiration carrying a torch kind of like i'm a very like my father's a very important person and maybe they're like i should carry this on or or they're just super influenced and learned how to write really good horror I mean, it's not bad. It's just, I mean, because, again, if you give me a Stephen King short story uh, book, I'll like half of his short stories, too. I don't like all his stuff either. And it'll be for a lot of the same reasons. So, Mm -hmm. and I don't mind the similar themes. It's just something that I found very interesting when I read his short story. The first thing that hit me was how similar it was to his dad. Yeah, I got you. That's fine. I haven't read tons of Stephen King, but I have... um seen more of the movies i suppose but this lock and key didn't strike me as like a stephen king thing which i think is always turned up to like 10 on the scary like horror trope Mm -mm. it's not like that no he writes a lot of stuff that it's not always horror it's like sometimes just sci-fi or adventure like Stephen King isn't always, always, like, 100% horror. No, but the movies that are made on Stephen King books are always, like, very turned up. Like, in terms of, like, the way that they're shot, you know, like, close-ups or, like, mm. dark or, like, these, like, very quick cuts, you know, like, horror trope style yeah. of shooting movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, the major movies, like, um, Pet Cemetery and Cujo and all those ones, like... 
the show Lock and Key doesn't have that vibe. You know, that's what I'm trying to say in terms of the way that it's shot. It doesn't have the same feel. It has a lot more of like a... Well, it's also a Netflix show, so it's just a totally different thing, which I guess like Nosferatu, I think, was on the Netflix series. Um, but so was Castle Rock, was what, like some Hulu series. Um, and that's Stephen King based. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like Lisey's story, I guess, is an interesting take on Stephen King where it's not horror. It's just weird. And that book for me was super boring and I couldn't finish it. It was so long and so unnecessarily long. And a lot. it's about like a woman going through her dead husband's stuff. Mm realizing he could travel to this other place and then like another dimension or something yeah and it's cool but it's not horror at all so it's on apple tv too if you want to just watch it because i watched Mm. it because i read half the novel and was like where is this going and then i just gave up because it was it was literally like 800 pages long and i was like i can't um, but the show was okay, but it's like, it's not like what you'd think of Stephen King. It's like this other side of him, which I mean, it's like very corny and like true love. And it's like, yeah, I'm so happy for you, Stephen King, meeting your wife and being perfect and ha- being in love and having a kid who's super cool, whatever. But like, it's such a great childhood. Like, it's like a lot of my stuff with Christopher Nolan's the same way. I'm like, good for you, white man. Because Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. will often be like, true love and your daddy's love is more than all the love in the world. And if you really love someone, it's like, not, you know what? Golly. And then it's like, oh, he's been in love with the same woman since like high school or something. You're like, oh, yeah. Okay. You're one of those guys. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> the guy I was in love in high school fucking killed himself. I have no idea what <laughs> that's like. You know, like, sorry childhood sucked maybe that's partially why i didn't really like the ending of this season three of lock and key is that it Mm -hmm. was a little bit too like everything worked out for us saccharin yeah Mm -hmm. like they were able to go back and because they're like oh we should stop using the keys and destroy them someone should have lost an arm or something you know yeah or an eye something yeah like in buffy cool Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. Like someone needs to lose an eye or something. Yeah. Ear. Yeah, then it gets real. But they're like, oh, we should just destroy the keys because it just brings us problems. And then they're like, well, well, I don't want to. Oh, why not? Oh, because I wanted to spend one more day with my father. And it's like, okay. And then they do. And it's very much like. That's what I mean. It's yeah. just like sappy. Yeah. Like, listen, my dad was all right. But, like, if I could go back in time one more time, I'm sorry, Dad. It probably would not be to see you. I would be doing something crazy cool. I have a list of things I would do if I could go back in time for a day. And not one of them is, like, hang out with my dead dad. I'm sorry, Dad. I would spend a lot of time with him. Like, I never spent any time with Jimi Hendrix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) I never went and saw, like, Eric Dolphy at a small club and maybe got to even, like, talk to him or, like, give him... If I can DJ after the show, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a million other things I'd rather do than like hang out with my dead dad for like if I had a time machine key. Yeah, for sure. I hear you on that. I would do something else too, but my dad's alive, so who am I to really say? So, but um, Black Phone was also 
a TV show or a movie that came out. So it was a movie that came. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I want to see this movie. So I might as well read the sh- the short story, which was really good, and I actually liked the short story better. Um, it was way more in depth, obviously, because it actually I want to say because it could be, but you know, they both were pretty in depth. I I really did like the adaptation a lot of the Black Phone because the things they changed made sense cinematically. But I liked both of them equally. And they both kind of just like wrap up the same. So the movie starts with this guy called the Grabber just being existing in the world. Like this this serial killer who's grabbing kids in this small town. And I think it is the 90s maybe. I want to say. 80s or 90s. I forget actually. I'm trying to think of what they went to go see at the movies. I think it's like the early 90s. So anyway, it's just because essentially there's no cell phones and shit like that. Mm. So this kid, the kids are going missing and this little girl is like, dude, having these like fucked up dreams and seeing shit that, to the point where like the cops are talking to her and being like, what the fuck? How do you know this? Like, you know, stuff that isn't even in the papers and she's like, I'm just having these dreams. And they're like, bullshit. She's like, fuck you. And then she gets in trouble for it because, like, her mom apparently... She's a psychic kid. <clears throat> uh-huh. Sorry. Long story short, she's a psychic kid. She can see shit about the killer and these missing kids. Okay, so she's oh. a psychic kid number one, actually. Let's, like, put a... Let's start numbering them because there's a bunch of them. So psychic kid one is awesome. And she's, like, this awesome... I think... I think younger sister no no older sister of this kid and she can just see shit and then he essentially gets kidnapped she starts having dreams about where he is and all these clues and like looking for him and this is actually at this point both the short story and the movie and then after that it veers a little bit but mostly it's about this broken ass black phone in the serial killer's basement that's being haunted by the dead children that he killed and kept in that basement and they're calling this other little boy trying to help him with pointers essentially and like secrets to get him out and it's the only he's the only one who's ever like heard anything like so it's like this cruel haunted phone and it's they're like all these little dead boy is being like um help me i'm gonna help you get out of there you gotta get at, you gotta get out of there you gotta kill him and shit it's really good Whoa, that sounds cool yeah it's good and it's a good short story it's a great horror movie it's ethan hawk is the bad guy he's like really good in it wow he turned scary looking as he got older so <sighs> i know and it's heartbreaking i used to have a major crush on ethan hawk when i was in high school like I was just gonna say, I hate that I thought he was super hot. In the yeah. Movie. Oh really? Because I'm old. Yeah. Because now I'm old, and I always thought he was a gooey little weird boy. Oh my god. And he he's one of those dudes who was like really slight and small and thin and svelte, and now he's like a big old man, and I'm like, yeah. Like now and so it's funny. Like we I'm have like, now opposite. I'm finally attracted to him. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Now you're finally kind of hot because he's all beefy, like sitting in a chair with his shirt off and i was like damn if you weren't a psycho you're pretty hot he's beefy so, in this i've never seen him like that he always looks he's like, like he's dying a man 
Yeah, no, he does not look like he's <laughs> he looks hot. And I was like, I hated myself for it. I was like, damn, you look good though. Um, Fucking guy. Yeah, he's and he's such a good actor, no matter what he looks like. So I love him. But um, he's really good in it. It's great. <clears throat> Check it out. And it's not that scary. I mean, there's some parts you definitely don't want to look at, but I'm sure you can see them coming. So most of it's just tension and like ghost story kind of stuff and of course the like psychic little sister helps or older sister helps that's tight yeah she's super cool <clears throat> so yeah it's interesting so i like that i like black phone i like half the stories in the short story book i like lock and key the book and so i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep on it i'll keep you guys updated i do have heart-shaped box to read mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite nirvana songs so maybe that'll be good and then um i don't know i've been thinking about i have another book i'm reading i could return real quick and try to get another joe hill one so keep you posted standing i might by. read nosferatu i might i might read nosferatu if it's good i want to read it even though i have my own stack of horror books to read too <laughs> yeah well it's gonna be halloween yeah, and we got more books to talk about tonight because Total Recall is uh, based on a Philip K. Dick book called mm-hmm. We Can Remember It For You Wholesale, um, so that's coming up. Have you accidentally summoned an unwanted spirit with your Ouija board novelty rug? We were just playing Twister. Maybe you somehow twisted your way to a hellmouth with that spirit board-themed blanket. I'm surrounded by shadow people. Well, you're in luck. Say goodbye to accidentally conjured evil with Demon Chaser, the only exorcism that comes in a handy aerosol spray. Just fill the infected area with Demon Chaser and watch those wretched souls crawl back into the depths of hell. Thanks, Demon Chaser. Make cause runny nose, mild sneezing, coughing, disorientation, diarrhea, and severe cases opens up an even bigger portal to hell and allows Asmodeus and Azazel to appear and tear out your immortal soul. Lesser demons may appear. Do not use Demon Chaser if you are currently possessed or lactating. Ask your spiritual guide about Demon Chaser today. Before it's too late, I'm losing my grip on reality. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters podcast. Thanks for listening to, um, you know, a word from our sponsors. It's really important, you know, that you are here as listeners supporting all these advertisements for us. Thank you. We don't want to do it. Um, (laughs) We know a lot of the stuff we sell is kind of bottom of the barrel, but kind of D-list stuff, but bear with us you know help us get better sponsors than okay cool and poop earn you know i don't tell you guys but anyway thanks for sticking around <clears throat> or fast forwarding through them now we're going to talk philip k dick 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 I think at some point we're talking about like work in the future or something. We're talking about labor stuff. I think it was around this, yeah, around labor time and also Mm -hmm. around the time we were talking about servant in terms of like Mm -hmm. another reality 
or another like part of your brain that's hidden away from yourself mm-hmm. yeah for sure and um it's such a good it's so it starts with a short story right that was the first thing it's like what 19 pages i, th- I reread it again today because i'd reread it and then because i'm a stoner i had to reread it again oh um, wait i just said servant i meant severed or the what is it severance 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 somehow i well you know servant's also about a weird job she's a nanny true that. so <laughs> it's a crazy plastic baby um <laughs> it's a weird job I'd do it, I guess. So, uh, but we, we, so you watched the, um, you watched the Bruckheimer film. Total Recall also. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Who, and the guy, the, the dude who directed that also did like Stormship Troopers and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. 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 He did some cool movies. Um, there was a lot of moments. I watched it when I was sick with COVID and I was delirious and I loved to yell at the screen while I was watching it. That's cool. I wish you filmed it. Yeah. What'd you say? Give me a moment. Um, there was a moment where they arrive on Mars and one of the cops shoots at the fucking window and all the air starts to get sucked out of the room because mm-hmm. it's Mars, so it's an artificial um, mm-hmm. environment. And <laughs> I'm like, way to go, genius. <laughs> like, you're nice. on fucking Mars. <laughs> like, you didn't A-cab. just... cab you didn't just remember getting off the spaceship like okay maybe don't shoot your gun in here yeah you dumb dumb yeah so well, that's typical cops though yeah there's there a lot of sassy moments like once um you know he makes it to mars in total recall arnold schwarzenegger he's like trying to figure out his life because I love how like red saturated everything is on Mars too, like mm-hmm. in his dreams and stuff, and the eyes popping out. That's gross. Right. He has like these memories on Earth of being on Mars, and everyone's like, "You've never been to Mars." And then he discovers that his memories are or his implanted. Dre- yeah, his memories are implanted. So like. Let's start from the beginning. I think we're scared. So we got to, like, what is this about? So, right, like, the whole basis of this started with the short story. From Philip K. Dick. <clears throat> from Philip K. Dick. So the story is about a dude who was a really boring life. He's a he's clerk. He's complaining. He's just a clerk. And he's like, I want to go on a fake trip to Mars. Or he's like, I want to go on a real trip to Mars, but it's too expensive. And, like, maybe I can get this fake trip that implanted into my head. And they put these fake memories and they give you fake things to take home and a ticket and blah, 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 blah. And his wife's always being like, fuck you, that's stupid, dumb, just shut up, go to work. Finally, he's like, fuck that. Goes So this, you enter this short story in the day <clears throat> and the film too, you know, like where he's about to go just like live his dream, get this shit implanted. And then it all goes wrong because he is, and, there, and like what he wants to be is like a secret agent on Mars. He wants to be like, exciting and in the short story they implant it and it goes wrong because he actually is has been to mars was a secret agent did assassinate someone important like it's undercover and now it's out in the open and so i forget in the film it's really exciting because he goes home and his wife fights him in the short story she just like runs away and she leaves him 
she's yeah. like, oh, but I'm I love in here. the film she just kick, tries to kick the shit out of him, and that it's like a young Sharon Stone who I fucking love. I love Sharon Stone, she's and she's like, I'll take you on Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm like, oh, she's so cool. So she tries to kick his ass, doesn't work. No. And it's super 80s. Like, her outfit is amazing in this Oh, scene. my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. And then, uh, yeah. So he finds, like, some message from himself where he's like, you have been implanted with the fake memory of the fact that you never went to Mars, but actually you did, and you need to get back there, and this is how you do it because there's a tracker in your brain, which is also from the original short story, we can, right. re- we can remember it for you wholesale where he has a telepathic tracker. And I but- think that's the difference right there between Philip K. Dick and what they turn his short stories into. Like Philip K. Dick was like me where I feel like he- we write a lot of mundane science fiction, which I wasn't aware was a thing until I started really putting out my science fiction to be read or to read. Uh, I was like, well, what do I... Because people be like, what do you write? And I was like, oh, apparently... I write mundane science fiction like Philip K. Dick where it's everyday people going through their lives and then something crazy happens or like something unmundane happens. Something science fiction-y happens in their everyday world. And so this short story is very mundane. It's like this guy kind of just going through a bunch of processes until they find the right one and then sort of having this ridiculous outcome. But it's not as, it's not a fucking action-packed movie. Yeah, it's not an action movie short story. Like, every time they have these, like, real basic human stories with Philip K. Dick, they turn them into this crazy action shit, which is cool, but it's, like, I really like to go back to his original writings where it's really about this dorky dude who feels like nothing, finds out he's a motherfucking badass. And they're like, well, yeah, but now that you know that, we're going to kill you. And he's like, is there no alternative? Let me just think of some other really narcissistic thing that'll make me feel important enough to be okay with being a clerk. And they were like, oh, that's a great idea. Uh, Which, again, I don't know why the government would have thought of that, but okay. And then uh, I love the ending of the short story is there's like, okay, you meet some little tiny aliens that want to destroy the earth but you're so kind to them that they say as long as you're alive they won't and they're like oh that's so narcissistic and then as they do the process again it doesn't work once again because it is true and they're like i guess we just can't kill you based on the fact that you know tiny aliens like that's so philip k dick like nothing nobody there's no fight scenes nope there's like no chase scenes. Like he's literally just like, oh, but up, but but up, but like he just goes through a bunch of weird processes that can be like comparable to a dentist appointment, and then he finds that he's the most important person in the fucking world on multiple levels. He really is. And now he can just live with the secrets. It's like, how about you just give people the chance to just live with these secrets? Because this guy already was living with these secrets. You find out he was living with a bigger secret than going to Mars and killing someone. Right. And that's definitely what I was reverse thinking as well. I love Where it. I was like, if he was a spy after that, he maybe he had the sense of importance that would allow him to like be a spy in Keep the a first secret. place. Exactly. Well, then he did, and he was like, I used that destroying rod to kill the person on Mars. Like, he kept all these secrets, so why wouldn't he have just been able to, it's like, I love, again, it's like Philip K. Dick looking, 
and saying like you always under under underestimate humanity and instead you implicate this technology on them you or uh, you not implicate you uh, force this like technology on them to erase their mind or whatever and it's like or become an android or whatever and it's like it was better off without all this like that's his main message is like it was better off without <laughs> like just let the guy be undercover yeah you know yeah because he obviously held deeper secrets than killing a guy on Mars. You right? didn't need and to I brainwash him for that. Which I kind of feel like it, that message is lost in the film, both the films, because the other film that came out in like whatever, 2012 or whatever it was, which doesn't even list PKD as a writer. They just kind of took elements in the characters, which I liked a lot too, but on a different level. I just like looking at Count Colin Farrell for hours, so it doesn't matter. Um... But yeah, I love that. I love that part of the short story. But they lost that in the film for me. Like, where is that everyday, every guy kind of being important? I don't know. It just, uh, it just lost that for me. I wish they could have made it. I'm still waiting for that version of Total Recall, where it just shows the humanity of it more, or like trust people more than technology. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't brainwash people you could have trusted in the first. Like these aliens trusted this human more than humans trusted their fellow man. Right. With secrets, right? And the aliens are the ones that are coming through for him right now at the end. And that's who's, and like humanity's the ones who don't trust him are going to be the ones that like are really fucked over. It's like none of that is really translated in the film. And that sucks. But that's why books are usually a lot cooler than movies. Not always. But you can get a lot more out of mm-hmm. a book because of the imagination versus a... But they just... Sorry. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And they just always turn things into action. Like, I didn't turn that into an action movie in my head. Me neither. I didn't, like, expect him to break out of the restraints and be all, like, beating up the doctors and stuff like he does in the movie. And I feel like even do... Uh, do electric do sh- androids dream of electric sheep wasn't that you know action packed either it was a lot of just weird shit about the religion of the time and how they like worshipped weird shit and uh, all had a bunch of artificial animals because there was no like pets anymore because there's no more animals like it was just like there was so many other weird things about that book that weren't even touched on really in the movie it's like I don't know they always kind of make it into an action film. Which, again, no problem. Great films. But, like, just saying, it's interesting to go back to the original material and be like, there's so much, there is some something lost a lot of times that I really wish they could keep somehow Yeah. in these action movies. Like, go ahead and make it full of action, but I wish they would keep some, some, some part of that a little more. I hear you. It doesn't really get into the depths of, like, the um, importance of people as much as it just makes a hero and it's like oh this person did an incredible thing but it's like they're like oh you're the most important person on earth without ever having to lift a finger like you're just are important and that's an essentialism that doesn't exist in like the hero's journey i guess maybe it kind of does but it's like you did this thing so you're special versus like you are special i mean he did he says that he doesn't lift a finger but the thing is he didn't lift a finger literally he didn't crush these things like mice like he could have so it's like the fact that he talked to them instead that's why humanity's here today 
So anyway, I don't know. Anyway, that brought us, though, into the Glitch in the Matrix movie because I saw a fucking article about this. Like, oh, this fucking movie, blah, 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 touches on this stuff. And I was like, oh, Glitch in the Matrix, huh? And I went to go watch it and I'd already watched it. Like, I keep saying I've already watched, like, every fucking weird ass documentary. And I every time I go to watch one again, I've already seen it. But I watched it again anyway because obviously I did not remember everything about it. I watched, I remembered a lot of it while I started watching it, but it really was cool to talk about these two things because it has an uh, interview in France with Philip K. Dick right when he's like in his exegesis phase, phase revelry, whatever, like where he's really like in it, you know? And this is, I think, they show him... They show Philip K. Dick in this movie. I want to say like it was 1974 or yeah, something like or that's when he had this like experience and he died in 1982. So this is like somewhere between 1974 and 1982. He's giving the speech in France. And that's how this documentary starts that I told Elle to watch. And we did and it was really interesting for the most part um and it's about the simulation theory mostly which again was posited not just by philip k dick but like as we found out plato and stuff like that without the language um so do you want to talk about it at all or shall i just rant some more well it was about how this theory or philosophy even of the simulation theory that we are all living in a holographic universe it's like starts to unpack like all these people who believe in it and it's like scientists and physicists and people who are like you know maybe even just like computer people and and gamers and stuff because it's all about like how there's different layers to reality and so but essentially it's about how we are living in a computer simulation right it, at its it posits that because there are multiple types of reality the reality that we are creating could be a mirror of the reality in which we exist and there's somebody creating us and it's outside of our and yeah they talk to it's outside of our dimension potentially yeah right mm-hmm. and they talk to Degrassi and Neil Degrasse Tyson uh, is that yeah, Degrassi Junior <laughs> High and uh, Elon yep. Musk um, and others. And again, as much as you hate him or like him, like Elon Musk is pretty much, he is a genius. Like he's smart. He knows about science for sure. He knows about science. And it's just interesting to hear them be like, I think it was Elon Musk saying like the only, no, no, no. He was saying that the chances that we're in a base reality is one in a billion, like one in billions. And what a base reality is, is like the original reality. And then we are the like copies. Right. So it's like the fact that like we could be the ones that like everyone's based off of is like one in a billions and like maybe but doubtful. I'm okay with that. It doesn't really matter if it is or isn't. It doesn't matter to me at this point because I can't tell. But the simulation theory, which was posited at the beginning by Philip K. Dick, what he said was that the only way that we know that it's happening is that when something goes wrong, when there is a glitch. Right. Or like he said that in his dreams that like that he 
was seeing these things that he turned into the man in the high castle and flow my tears the policeman said which are two of his best fucking books he won like a hell of awards for both of them which he saw in his fucking dreams of these other realities that happened where the the flow of the policeman's tears was all about like a totalitarian police state it's fucking terrifying it's very kafka-esque like the trial someone's getting like you know which really influenced his writing of just like he always felt like he felt like he was kafka he felt like he was going to be especially with like nixon and all that shit just grabbed off the streets and fucking arrested at any time and he should have felt that way i mean it was happening and then and it still happens and then like man in the high castle is if germany had won the second world war so you have nazis running most of america with japan so it's just like this totalitarian state so he had these visions of like things happening and then he wrote these things you know he wrote these hyper realistic remembrances into novels he was like these weren't dreams these are hyper realistic remembrances which i feel like i've had like I've had one in my life where I absolutely thought I was not where I was. And so I find that so interesting that like these super smart people, these really imaginative people are all saying these things. It's not just like fucking nut jobs who did too much acid or whatever, which Philip K. Dick could have been as well. But, and Musk could be as well. Or- and Plato could be as well because they talk about Plato's shadow theory, you know. And Plato could be as well, hemlock or uh, drinking out of lead pipes. I don't know, lead goblets and stuff. But yeah, Plato was the one who came up with that like shadow theory. Like you said, everything you could just be watching everything pass you by like a fucking shadow on a screen. Yeah, like this is the unseen that, you know, you're seeing the shadow of what is unseen. That's how he could explain the Matrix back at like 550 AD or whatever the fuck it was, right? Right. And so, yeah, the unexplained is how you know that there's something that could be potentially running the show that is unseen. And then there's this one dude who talks about a goneness that he felt when he was a kid. <laughs> he was like in church. He was like super religious. And he talks about like, oh, yeah, deja vu being like, oh, you know, like, oh, a glitch in the matrix is deja vu, something you've already remembered. And he was thinking about that in church and thinking about like this weird, like how nobody here is real and all this shit. And like, it just started to send him into this world where he was kind of all alone and was like, damn, am I really just alone with everyone's just a projection? And it's like, I had all these same revelations at that same age I was like 11, 12 years old and really affected me where I was like, if nothing's real and no one's real, then what the fuck am I even going to do? And I think that's why it's really informed a lot of my adult life. Where I was like, none of this is important. I'm not going to do that because I know at the heart of hearts, at the whole like base reality of the Matrix, it doesn't matter if I have an ID for 10 years. Like I literally did survive 10 years in California with no legal ID and I was fine. I had jobs. I got liquor. I don't know. I did stuff. I lived. So it's hard for me knowing that this is all a simulation and it's a video game. And then I have to stand in line at the DMV for three hours during that video game. Hell no, I'm not playing that video game. Like I'm going to go do Grand Theft Auto instead. I'm going to go do the like pot smoking uh, bong load challenge video game instead of standing in line at the DMV and take my chances. Next time I go to buy bitters at BevMo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bitters at BevMo. Definitely. Stood in our way at one time. 
I couldn't buy the, yeah. But you know what? Small price to pay in a simulation. Bing, 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 bing. You know, it's like, I got another life. I can go to a different place and get fucking bitter. I don't even like bitters. They weren't even for me. Yeah. I don't even like bitters. <laughs> what do I care? Anyway. So, like, I found that same, those same feelings of, like, what if it's all fake? Or, like, how they talk about, like, how do you know people don't just disappear when you're not in the same room with them? It's like, you don't know that. Like, that's fucking quantum physics 101, right? Like, you don't actually know if you're not observing the particles. You affect the particles when you look at them. You know, you affect the particles. It's like, how do you know that every single person you interact with isn't just a bunch of particles that don't exist until you look at them? You don't know that. You don't know that. You have no clue. You have no clue anyone exists outside of you. Not really. Yeah, but you have object permanence in order to get around through the world, but you don't actually know for a fact. You just believe it to be true. Yeah. And I think we all live uh, and stay sane and agreed, like, who gives a fuck? Like the dude in the Matrix who just wants to eat steak and, like, hang out and bang chicks. <laughs> then, like, no, he's a battery. It's like, yeah, dude, I'm kind of with you. It's like, what are you going to do about it? Live in a cave? Yeah. Live in a cave, constantly hiding. Have pain. like Fear for your life. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, it's like, have fear and pain. It's like, no, nah, I just like, no, I can fly. And, it's, and that's what we talked about too. It's like, well, now that, we, like, what would be the benefit of understanding this or knowing this or having like the shadow master's secrets? And it's like, well, because you could fly and you could teleport and we wouldn't have to have a podcast 3,000 miles away I could just be like zip zap chip chap here yeah. I am and it's like there I'd be that would know? be the best benefit that I could think of would be um, teleportation just like appearing wherever you need to appear at, with everything you need to have to be there and at an instant like that would be pretty great I would be pretty okay with a lot of things if I had that ability so Another thing that was like kind of like that, oh, nothing is real. I was like, some things are real. Like, I definitely think that even if it's a projection, it's like it's real to you and your experience. And so you can't totally let that go. Like, because there was like um, some aspect of that that's like dehumanizing or it was like nothing is real. These people aren't real. But it's like, no. You're going to continue to interact with those people and, like, the actions that you do, you take do have consequences. Like, even if you're just a string of information stored in DNA, like, you have social interactions, you build relationships. There's, like, a further network of energy that is not disconnected from your physical body as long as you're on this plane. So it is definitely something that is, like, real in an aspect, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess for some people would argue that all that's just a bunch of chemicals in your brain telling you it's real and that like your emotions are all just chemical reactions and that love is bullshit and connections are bullshit and all of this is just like you know yeah biology physiology but like why do you trigger certain chemicals in certain people you know what about them has like to keep the game going yeah I guess so, but it doesn't make it less real for you to experience. It's it just it doesn't make it less real. It just makes you question what is real, and what reality means. 
And yeah, again, like it doesn't make it less valid. It doesn't make the feelings less valid or go away. But it is definitely a real mind fuck about what reality means and free will means or like what synchronicities mean, what deja vu means. Like, are these pre-programmed? Is it, is it just a fraction of, not a fraction, a uh, fractal of decision making that you go through in this fucking simulation in this game in this reality because there are so many parallel universes branching out continuously because of all the decisions you make it's like you're right it's real but at the same time nothing is real like it is that duality of yin yang that's been talked about for fucking thousands of years it's like everything is fake everything is real it doesn't fucking matter just I don't know, man. Just try to vibe on a higher plane and not be bad. It seems to be the best way to go. Like, that's the only way I can describe any of these planes of existence or any of these fucking, like, ghosts, anomalies, parallel universes, bad vibes, shadow people, whatever it is. Like, it just seems like, how about you just not be a dick and things seem to be a little better? Reduce suffering. And I'm just going to go with that. Yeah, Yeah. minimize suffering. Yeah, if this is a game, if this is a simulation, yeah, I'm going to go with spread joy, reduce suffering. Like, that's kind of been my my jam, and I seem to be having a pretty good fucking ride so far, so. Yeah, I feel you on that. So what do we come to? Uh, if this is a simulation, we don't care. We want the other pill that lets us just have the gameplay because we're both gamers. And so why the fuck would we want out of the Matrix when we love to play games and we would probably just want to learn how to fly? And yeah. Shit. When they go to Neo, do they tell him that he's important and needed to come out of the simulation for some purpose? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. But see, you and I, we don't have the problem. So, yeah. Thanks. And if we do, I'd probably just be like, what do you want from me, man? Fight the machines. That seems dumb. Yeah. That's like not really my jam. That's when I'm like your side where I'm like, we're going to fight the machines for a ruined rock of nothing. Yeah, it was like. Count me out, bro. It was cooler in the pod. It was more humane in the pod. They were right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it might not be real, but dang. What's going on here? You know? We're all starving to death on a shitty fucking planet. We have to live underground. Like you said, it's like, no. Yeah. No. I don't know about that. It's no fun. I'll tell you that. I've read enough science fiction books where I'm like, that doesn't sound like any fun at all. Not really. And some of those science fiction books were like PKD, man. He writes a lot of like about living on Mars and stuff. Yeah. And like. Exactly. All this shit is like from him. It's like It could yes. suck. <laughs> he, he was terrified about becoming a simulacrum, about becoming an artificial intelligence in the future. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not that scared of it because I obviously don't know the difference. Oh, it also talks about not NPCs, the Oh, the non playable characters. Where you were like, that's dehumanizing. But I was like, yeah, but tell me you haven't met someone who's just absolutely bizarre and like doesn't seem to have any sort of problems or, you know, like issues, but they just don't have an actual thought in their brain. And when you go off script, they don't know what to do. 
because most people don't go off script, but people like you and I go off script all the time and they literally don't know what to say and it looks like they're having a meltdown. Yeah, like when we went to Daiso and we were like talking to that one lady. I feel like it happens a lot where people are like, uh, uh, yes. Or like they're just like, it's like all of a sudden we're not speaking the same language. And I'm like, what am I, how am I scrambling your brains right now? But they're perfectly okay to do every other thing in this interaction if I stay normal. Like you mean in customer service or something? Every, yeah, all the time though and stuff even so even i was joking like i said i think one of my sisters might be even an npc because she's just like so fucking like i like sports i like tv shows but movies are too long you know it's like you know it's just like what the fuck tv shows are getting longer and just like i try to talk to her about shit and it looks like it's just literally melting her brain and i'm like but she's totally like smart enough to do other ordinary things Mm mm-hmm that like ordinary people can do you know but it's like outside of that it's like no 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 mm. she like literally looks she had a breakdown when i found out she was lying about something and i was like can we just be a grown-ups and you just like tell me you're lying and it was like it's like do not compute it was like oh my god you're literally having a a meltdown yeah initiate not a breakdown a meltdown yeah Yeah. i was like whoa whoa what's happening like literally running out the door too it was bizarre like my mom was there and she was like what's happening i was like i don't know npc dude so yeah i'm not trying to like say not i'm like so much better than all these people but i was like i swear to god i meet people a lot of times but i'm like do you have are you just like programmed to play this game and that's it maybe it would explain a lot it would explain why there's so many like rigid rigid personalities yeah dumb douchebags <laughs> oh you're nice about it yeah rigid personalities <laughs> aka dumb douchebags i don't know yeah it would somehow make me feel better about all the dumb douchebags in the world if they were just NPCs, I guess. You think of it as dehumanizing. I'm trying to think of it as a kindness and I'm extending these people who would otherwise I think of as a waste of human flesh. Okay, I got you. W-H-F's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, which one is it? Take it back. Um because some people are just the worst, you know, or not. I mean, I'm sorry. That's really harsh. But you know what I'm saying? It's just like you just like, what the hell is going on in your brain sack? Yeah. You're like nothing. You're like, are we done interacting now? Like, goodbye. Are you OK? Yeah. You know what? Sorry, just I went off script. Forget I just said anything. I'll take my change. Especially because we talked about, we both have talked about living in big cities. We both lived in like Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area together, San Jose. We both lived in New York City. Yep. Uh, I lived in Boston. Um, Anywhere else I'm forgetting? I think that's enough. New York, Boston, San Francisco Bay. Uh, Well, you just see so many people and sometimes you're like, are you an alien? Are you an alien? Are you an alien or are you an NPC? Like, what is going on with you? Are you a glitch in the matrix? Are you a Bigfoot, a chupacabra? What's happening? Like, because it's so, again, if you were going to go, like, mix it up, get lost in a crowd in a foreign city or a foreign planet, where would you go? A big city, right? And they do. 
Yeah, and so it's just like how many people you, you've told me stories where you're like, I think they were extraterrestrial. You probably weren't wrong. There's definitely been interactions that I've had where I was like, I don't think that person's from Earth. Yeah, me too. And usually in a big city. And I'll be like, are you terrestrial? You know, like, are your pronouns E.T., <laughs> U.F.O., U.A.B.? <laughs> it might be you. Because it seems like you're not from here. Yeah, like. That could be an NPC. Wow, I didn't consider that. Now that you've really put that into perspective for me, it definitely changes something. I think we've switched gears a little. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's a lot of unexplainable things in the world, and if it's all like, it's a simulation, and sometimes there's problems with it, and that it would explain every fucking thing. So, you know, again, if smarty pants, smart smarters thinks it's true, maybe it is. I don't know. It would explain ghosts. It would explain everything. It would explain Bigfoots. It would explain human combustion. It would explain psychics. Parallel universe is You know, this is another explanation because remember last time we were talking about minerals producing energy mm-hmm. fields? It's like, mm-hmm. that could be it. Or it could be this. Or it could just be some greater power fucking with us in our video game to be funny. And is that not the holographic universe? And is that not what we would do mm. if we could make a video game that we would watch a bunch of people play like The Sims where I've seen people do horrible things to their Sims. Me too. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know what an alien or higher power might do to us in a simulation, look at any fucking person who has ever played The Sims, ever, and come back to me and tell me you believe in God. Because <laughs> there's no God. I've seen horrifying things. Even when I did Sims, which I only did for a minute and I made the amusement park one and then I did a city, I didn't do great. I tried my best. And then I got bored and I set my entire city on fire. I took away all the fire uh, engines and all the fire stations and I just let my city burn. And I just hate because I didn't care anymore. I was like, I hate this game. So boring. Dang. See, that would make me think there is a God. I was so bored. I was like, God damn it. What am I supposed to do now? So I just let it burn, burn pretty much. Burn it all down. I took away like all the like police and firemen. Wow. And it just it took its took care of itself, just like humanity would. There you go. <laughs> so pretty heavy stuff. I would say like read PKD if you want to get your mind blown. Yeah, man. And watch this little thing. It was only like what an hour and a half long. It was cool. It was interesting. Skip the second half. You can fast forward. It's about a, some like kid who killed his parents and stuff, and the Matrix stuff. I don't know. That was kind of. I didn't need that. But the first part's cool. Yeah. Headlines only. Glitch in the Matrix. Check out the first half. Ugh! I have this big fart stuck in my funny tummy. I'm afraid if I push too hard, I'll shit my pants. Why don't you call 1-800-FART-KNOCKERS? What's that? Fart knockers will headbutt you in the stomach for a dollar and knock that fart right out of you. A dollar? Thanks, I'll call right away. Thanks, fart knocker. Not responsible for your ass sounding like a machine gun, duck, or other aquatic fowl. It may take more than one headbutt to dislodge fart. Sharding and accidental boners may occur. If erection lasts more than two hours, consider getting into BDSM. 
do not contact fart knockers to get said boners again. Call 1-800-DICK-FARTS instead. Do not use fart knockers if currently possessed or lactating. Thanks for listening to the Blunt Letters Podcast. Check out our website at thebluntletters.com, our new home on the interwebs for all things Blunt Letters. You can find all the Blunt Letters podcast episodes, check out our blog, and buy back issues of the Blunt Letters zine. Plus, get in touch with us with any suggestions, questions, or leave us a voicemail to be featured in an episode. You can follow our daily adventures and videos on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Remember to like and subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Cast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public to stay up to date on our new episodes. Wow, that's a lot. I know, right? Bye-bye. Strange new grown-ups. Traffic and waves of clamor from overpopulating.